0: hey everyone and welcome to the breaking the barrier podcast i'm andrew and i'm riding a bit solo today well almost i have a special guest that i'm going to get into that conversation with in a moment and that is of course brad sims now brad has been on the podcast before speaking about spartan races different types of training i have him on the podcast on this episode to talk to me a little bit about the Spartan Ultra. So, on the last full-length episode, I spoke with Zach and and we spoke a little bit about what I could expect from my first Ultra and what sort of training I might want to look at. Now, I have Brad on and we're gonna take a look at a similar style conversation, but it's gonna be coming from, instead of somebody who does Ultras like Zach, it's going to be from somebody who's done a Spartan Ultra and who does Spartan events. So, Brad is, of course, a certified personal trainer. As you know, he has been on the podcast before, and he specializes in obstacle course training, corrective exercise, athletic performance, and everything in between. You'll want to make sure you can catch Brad at his Instagram page, which is coach underscore Brad underscore OCR. So, that's coach underscore brad underscore ocr that's just the letters ocr you can check out his youtube page as well by searching brad sims where he has a variety of different types of exercises that you can do to help your body out of course i'll have links to all of these in the show notes and you can also check out his website bradsimscpt.com so without further ado here's my conversation with brad sims about what i can expect for my first Spartan Ultra.
1: So you're running an ultra. Now what what flipped your switch? How did you decide to finally do that? You got tired of beasts?
0: Well, I I tell you what, um... I tell you what that beast last year in bright was just, uh, just ridiculous. Well, you, I, I showed you the map, uh, but yeah, do you know, it's, it's interesting. Basically Spartan asked me to join their team as a, uh, as a brand influencer. And I was like, so could I do an ultra? And they were like, yeah, we could make that happen. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, now that I've asked, I kind of have to do it. And it's one of those things (laughs) where I've always wanted to do one and. I was like, do you know what? If I'm gonna do my first ultra, it's got to be a Spartan ultra. Like, you know, Spartan's just such a big part of of like what I do now, and just that that ethos. And uh, yeah, so that's um, <laughs> I yeah, it was just kind of like a I've always wanted to do one. Um, let's do
1: it. That's fantastic good for you man yeah it's
0: exciting yeah i'm excited i'm really excited like i've got i've got my co-host zach who last night actually i spoke with him about just running ultras in general uh and so i yeah i thought it'd be like just really awesome because obviously you're so big in the spartan world um coming from him as just purely an ultra runner and then now talking to you who is kind of coming from the spartan world i thought that'd be cool
1: Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. I'm getting this blank
0: stare from you and I'm really worried.
1: (laughs) I've only run one ultra, but I did a lot of planning for it because my whole approach is very scientific. I try to look at what variables I can control, what I can't control. And Mm -hmm. I've come up with a master list that I think will help you and any of your listeners. Uh, on if they're gonna if they want to plan for something like this, I mean it benefits too with a super or a Beast, even. I think a sprint's too short, just running and mm. fueling. But an ultra, way more fueling. Yeah, that's yeah five percent, and that's to be second nature. You don't leave that to the last minute. Hmm. Yeah, there's a lot I, and I on. gotta. So where do you want to start? I got
0: to imagine that it's, well, let's, let's start, like, let's start, um, let's, I mean, let's start with training and, and, and work our way into nutrition. Cause obviously, so uh, I'll give you my, my background. Obviously I've, I've done the Spartans a lot. Uh, I've, I've done a, a couple of marathons. So I, I know that kind of fueling strategy, but I've never obviously run anything longer than a marathon. Um, so I'll, I'm used to like the training miles, but i'm not i'm not used to ultra training miles which i understand can be quite a bit more grueling than than your average run-of-the-mill marathon and then when you throw the obstacles in with it fun times fun times
1: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah, yeah so yeah I mean, let's it, uh
1: let's so there's a lot of aspects so um I, i'm coming from a corrective exercise background Uh, so Mm. first thing I look at is I do assessments on my clients, find out if they have weaknesses and they call it a muscle imbalance, but really it's a weakness is one muscle weaker than another. There should be kind of an even amount of uh, strength of different things. And the biggest thing that I see, the number one thing that most racers have, if they have an imbalance is their knee collapses toward the middle of their body when it bends. And that indicates a weakness in the hip primarily. Yeah. indicate a couple of things, but. So first thing you want to do is keep those hips strong. A lot of single leg strength training exercises, slow balance movements where you would move maybe a sandbag or a, a pancake, for example, balance on one leg and just shift it slightly to the left and slightly to the front of you. At just that a few inches of movement, you feel feel your, your butt and your outer hip fire right up to try to correct, to keep your body stable because your body does sense instability like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the last time you had me on, we also talked a lot about um, clamshell exercises for the hips and the, you know, loop around the knees, loop around the ankles, side steps, things like that. So a lot of abduction. So this is what we call frontal plane movement. Pretty much sideways Mm -hmm. movement of the human body is generally frontal plane. That could even be a lat raise just so you can reference that.
0: Sure. Yeah, sure.
1: So I look at that, we try to strengthen what's the second thing. I, I actually do look at run technique. Now I'm not a running coach. I do have a basic understanding of certain things you should be doing with running. First things first, you never want to strike on your heel. Right. Unless you're trying to deliberately slow down. When you heel strike, it's like trying to hit the gas and the brake at the same time. Okay. You're working against sure. yourself. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can feel that. You can totally feel that. I think uh, I have I've really tried to develop my sort of four-foot running just cuz and any time I try to go back to that heel strike is just you feel it like I'm I'm and I'm I'm, I'm sure it works for some people, but for me it's just like it's just not fun.
1: <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and it generally leads to um generally leads to things like shin splints and sometimes stress fractures of the tibia like i had that happen to me when nice. i tried to run cross country of course back then i got no form coaching it was just no we're adding more miles this week guys go out and run
0: there yeah, yeah. I, yeah I remember that about uh yeah i remember that about wrestling in uh in in high school for some reason our coach was big on running and it was like Throughout the week, you'd be like, we're just going to add more miles today. Great. What does this have to do with running? Nothing. Yeah. Uh, wrestling, sorry. Cool.
1: <laughs> Nothing at all. Um, exactly. Okay, run. Six months to train for it, like you wisely did. Well done. Mm. Uh, Thank you going to plan how many days a week you are. <laughs> You're welcome very much you're going to plan how many days a week do you actually want to run? I do not recommend running every day. I would say three to four days a week should be your max, but you're already someone who does a pretty fair amount of mileage. So you could start a little higher than somebody else might.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, for the last, um, for the last, like six months I've been kind of doing two a days, but like really easy two a days. And so in the past, maybe three or four weeks I've, ease that like I've I've really started working on the quality of some of my runs because I'm trying to get faster. Um which I know doesn't necessarily translate that you know, I'm not going to try to race this thing, obviously, but I really wanted to get it into my head to do a sub twenty five K this year. And I was actually talking to uh Zach last night and I was like, Do you know what? I think there's gonna come a point in this Ultra training where I'm either going to make that sub 20 or I'm not. And then I just got to put that on this back burner because I feel like is, is speed workout speed workouts really going to do me much good in, in, in this kind of an ultra training.
1: In my opinion, no. Yeah. The sheer amount of racers in the ultra. I mean, not that they're the amount of racers in an ultra is anything like a normal Spartan beast, for example, you know, you might have five times as many, beasters and you know 100 ultras or something like that Mm. um and it's not for everybody but that being said you need endurance more than you need anything else speed is great but how much speed can you really sustain everything's a trade-off you can go really hard for a short time or you can go for a long time at a slow pace just like a marathon you've run marathons that's how you should approach an ultra there may be Areas where you can pick up speed, where you can pass a few athletes, downhills are one of them, flats are one of them, but you're not going to go sprint up a hill in in the race anyway, maybe in training as like a personal challenge. Hmm. I would suggest more like a combination of speed walking or long stride lunging up a hill because you'll get more steps, you know, in a given distance, right? You'll cover more length more distance with each step sure but if you try that you'll notice that you have to keep your knees bent like you can never fully straighten your knees and that really burns your quads right okay so and that too you might not be able to sustain the whole climb up the hill. i don't know how long the hill is but we've been enough spartans that they're generally pretty long
0: they're, they're good they're a good size especially in bright yeah
1: yeah <laughs> so yeah, so a combination, I think, of speed walking and lunging for the uphills when you can. And mm. and you can try sprinting on the downhills and the flats to try to make up some time. That is the best yeah. way to make up time. Okay. Yeah. So that's for a run mile. So, um, also, have you considered rucking? Have you tried weighted pack hikes?
0: Uh, do you know what? I used to do those like way back in. Back in the day just for like a little bit of an added bonus but uh i haven't actually thought about it this time around but yeah that's a that's a great idea i can do that i've got like plenty of i've got obviously a great hiking backpack i've got weighted vests even yeah
1: that could work
0: um
1: yeah i would try that and maybe i think in my the ultra plan that i wrote this is two years ago now but um I think what I had was recommending someone start with like 10 pounds of extra weight and just do like a three hour long hike. Just try to not stop okay. and just hike for three hours, no running, just a walking pace, but get used to a little bit extra weight. Yeah. A month or two later, we move it up to like 20 pounds. Two months after that, we might be up to 30 so that your body slowly gets to adjust. Now this is also more pressure on your tendons and your ligaments and your bones, so mm. body has to adapt to that, and it will adapt to that. But think about how if you're used to tra- hiking up a hill with 30 extra pounds, and in the race it's just your hydration rig and some snacks, which is maybe four pounds, five pounds. Yeah, it's going to feel so much lighter. You're going to feel faster just by your—I can't think of the word now—the uh, your perception will be that. You feel faster because you are lighter, right? So that could be something you you could work in. Maybe uh, just one day a week, just do like three or four hour long nonstop ruck, a little extra weight, just to get used to that and see how much ten pounds might slow you down. Might be yeah, maybe it won't slow you down at all. You know, you have to find out. Superman, yeah, you're Superman, man. I (laughs) won't slow down. now I, I had sent you a picture earlier of what the what a 6 month mileage plot like how you would add your mileage and it pretty much for, for those of you listening who don't have pictures it it pyramids like it goes up on a gradient and then it levels out it goes up mm-hmm. on a gradient it levels out again and up and up and up we try to get to something that's higher my uh, sorry Higher total mileage in one week than you're going to run in the race. Right. Then we do that, we reach that total peak point at about four weeks out from the race, and we start to drop the mileage back down, 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 down. It doesn't go down as far as you were to when say when you started trading. It maybe goes down mm-hmm. about a third of that. But you have a significant drop off of mileage so that your body is not overtraining for one, right? We're, we're trying to get you to a point that you can get your body to adapt to these stresses, but not so much that you get injured or not so fast that you get injured. The reason right. there's a plateau every few weeks where you don't increase mileage at all is because uh, ligaments and tendons have very, very poor circulation. They don't get easy blood supply like the muscles do. So they don't adapt as fast as muscles do. So you have to allow for that so that you don't start to get inflammation in the joints or things like that. That will set you back at best case a week or two at worst case, it might take you out of the race. You can't afford that. Right now. So if you plan for that now, and like I said, you have a lot of time still to build those plateaus. That's what we call adaptation week. Mileage is the same from one week to the next. Then the third week, you go start going up a little bit again. Sure. Okay. All right. Um, Building endurance, we kind of talked about that. So long duration hiking, rucking, uh, rope skipping is a great way to mimic the landing impact of the foot as it should be striking the ground when running, but without actually running. Did you think about that? I like it. No, I like that. And anyone who's tried jumping rope knows how freaking tiring that is
0: yes yes there was a there was a period of time for a few a uh, few months um well, a few months ago for a month or two or whatever it was where i was doing uh rope skipping for a few minutes after my runs and i was just like wow <laughs> it That's, out right it's crazy yeah 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 it really hits home
1: it doesn't look it's, this is great it doesn't look like all that challenging but when you do it you're like holy moly Mm -hmm. um so those are a couple ways to build endurance if it works for boxers why can't it work for for us endurance racers right
0: that is fair Uh, i like it
1: building strength okay so i'm kind of of the school of thought not kind of i'm of the school of thought how much strength do you really need for an ultra when endurance is the number one key factor are you weak at certain things? Does your deadlift suck? I mean, you might be deadlifting 300 pounds. So it's 80 pound, 90 pound, 120 pound Atlas ball is going to be more of a grip challenge than it is a deadlift challenge. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I think the things that we tend to ignore are the things like grip, grip strength training. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've been training for months, holding heavy barbells with hundreds of pounds on them, you're automatically going to challenge your grip more and thus the muscles in the forearms, which control that. Yeah. Yeah. But then how much grip do you really need before you need to be just working on obstacle technique, like put it to the stuff you really need the grip for, holding the rope in the Hercules hoist, holding the rope in the rope, climb ripping the Atlas ball as you deadlift it. Uh, hanging on the monkey bars or the uh, it the twister. I
0: hope we get that this year because we haven't had that yet. I really want to try that obstacle. <laughs> oh, no,
1: that's a good one. I love that one. And what's there's, there's another one. I forgot the name. It's got the monkey bars and then a bar that spins this way on an axle. Oh, the,
0: uh, the, 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 uh, it's not grinder. Is it, is it grinder? No,
1: that's an app. I'm totally drawing a blank right now. <laughs>
0: oh man, no, I'm, I know exactly which one you're talking about.
1: Right, so you have to—it uh, look, looks like to like roll under, grab the bar, the things. Yeah, the yeah, base, it's like it, it almost
0: looks like one of those manual
1: lawnmower things.
0: Yes, yes. uh I can't think of the name. It's exactly what it is.
1: But anyway, but, but uh, stuff like that—that yeah. that is obviously grip base. And how long can you? yep yeah. Um, it, I don't know if your listeners might be interested. There is. You know, for those of you, we can't always get. We work in an office, so we're on the road a lot. You can't always get to go play on obstacles for training, which sucks. But that's you know, that's the way the world. There is um, something that I recommend. That's about fifteen dollars, twenty dollars on Amazon or eBay. uh, That's called the Theraband Flex Bar. It's basically a rubber dowel. It's flexible. It's very heavy, dense rubber but it's bending. And incidentally, it comes in the Spartan trifecta colors, red, green, blue. Nice. (laughs) And what it comes with an instruction book that gives you like 27 different exercises you can do, but it's designed to actually uh, eliminate um, tennis elbow and golfer's elbow.
0: That would be great because that's what's been giving me grief.
1: Yeah, it's all sorts of like forearm exercises. So strengthening the wrist in all four directions, up, down, left, and right. Yeah. Um, you can do individual thumb strength, like press the bar over while, it's, while you're gripping it in your hand. I don't know if that makes okay. sense, but kind of like bend it with your thumb. You can uh, do what I call the Hulk. Like you bend it down, you bend it up. And all these things nice. give you like the rotation uh, movement of the forearm. So there's a lot of different stuff and it's very inexpensive and at least you could like carry it with you in your backpack. If you want to do yeah. grip chaining, there's even a thing you grab the end of it and twist it like a pickle jar, like okay. how to open a pickle jar.
0: Nice. TheraBand
1: flex bar. TheraBand flex bar. Yeah. Okay. highly recommend that that's an inexpensive, but effective toy for grip. I will be buying one of those today. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, so going back to strength for a second, uh, before we get on to obstacle. So I think what's more beneficial than pure strength training is metabolic training. In other words, where we combine cardio and strength and any CrossFitter already knows what metabolic training is because anything where you combine upper and lower body movements that is a strength-based movement, but it gets you winded as heck, thrusters, kettlebell yeah. swings, all of that's metal, metabolic training. And that's the type you you know, those of you who've done the Spartans already know how tiring it is to do burpees. Burpees is metabolic. Mm. It's upper body push, it's a lower body push. But why are my breathing so heavy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't tell me it's not cardio. Exactly. It's both. So I think those kind of combination moves like burpees, kettlebell swings, barbell thrusters, even it could be I mean, you could do rowing too, rowing or the air bike arm and leg bike sure all of that stuff is is fantastic and it's more importantly it simulates (laughs) what your body is going to feel like when you're in the the heaviest hardest parts of the race yeah yeah uh obstacle technique so again some of these are harder to do if you don't have access to the exact equipment yeah but if you don't have, for, I'll give you an example. If you don't have uh, a rope that you can climb, but you have a pull-up bar, you could go buy a short rope that you can tie to the pull-up bar in a knot and at least mm. practice attaching your feet to the rope. Practicing.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's, that's funny. I, I just bought one of those, because uh, I have a pull-up bar. I have a, yeah. and I just bought a battle rope. Um, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, and I just tied it to I'm just trying to practice, if nothing else, my J-hook on the thing, because mm-hmm. that's the thing that always... Yeah, I can never find it. That's like maybe two out of five times, I've, or three out of five times, I can't find it.
1: That's the easiest way to do it because if if you if you can if you're able to lock on that rope well enough and ex, and then just straighten mm. your knees, either it'll push you up the rope or it won't. If it doesn't, you're not doing something right. But if you right. can do it with just minimal grip strength, in fact, you you can actually hold the pull up bar. Yeah, it's not the best for grip training, but if you're just working on the footwork you'll know if your arms suddenly bend, you had a tight lock with your feet on that rope. So you're doing something right.
0: Nice. It pushes yeah.
1: you up, right? Um, as far as like Atlas, Atlas carry, you can do really heavy kettlebell carries because the heavier kettlebells do have thicker handles, A thicker handle. Yep. Just like a thicker rope is harder to keep gripping. Um, so there's that there's, you can still go heavy barbell deadlifts. I like to do the, uh, the landmine setup where you put the, one in the oh, barbell yeah. in the sleeve and it pivots. Right. Yep. I like to do like the low position because I can practice a really deep squat from that position and just grab the end of the bar, keep my arms straight and then stand up with the weight and you can, oh, load, that's a great idea. You can load like six plates on that thing.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great idea. Yeah, just, just to go with the working end of the bar. Right, right on. Um, let's see. Obstacle technique.
1: Spear throw. Oh, I got something you guys can practice. You want, yeah. you want homework for the spear throw, but you don't have a spear yeah, throw. Man. Yeah. Practice your lat pullover, straight arm pullover from the cable column. Okay. Heaviest weight you could do for twelve reps and three sets.
0: Go to okay. failure.
1: Fail at. Around 12, yeah? Yep. Next up, do tricep pushdowns to failure around 10 to 12 reps. So go as heavy as you can to fail in that range. Mm-hmm. And then take a lighter, like a four-pound, six-pound medicine ball and practice twisting your trunk and throwing it at like a cinder block wall, something that's not going to get damaged at your gym.
0: I'll, no, I'll throw it at the person that's grunting louder than anything, lifting the five-kilogram dumbbells. There
1: you go. That's who you throw <laughs> it at.
0: <laughs> That's right. So is this all? it's all a superset kind of thing, like a, a, a triple set?
1: Yeah, like a triple set. Because okay. here's what the spear throw is: when the arm, when your arm's up like this, and the spear is next to you, this part is a lat pullover. Mm. This part is a tricep extension, and then you get the release of the hand. And you maybe right. you may need to add trunk rotation to add a little extra speed so that spear does stick in the hay. You know, sometimes they hit and they bounce off. That's, that's so you only got the one chance. So you want to really yeah whale this thing. But again, that eye-hand coordination with that little ball. Uh, the reason I said four to four to six pounds is it's heavier than a spear. So if you can move that quickly, yeah, the spear is going to be easier. Okay. Then, am I hitting the same spot on the wall every time? That no. follow through. You do those three things back to back. You, I guarantee you, you bump up your spear throw game at least thirty-five percent. Nice, which might be enough. Hey,
0: percent to percent. <laughs>
1: That's right to take it. Uh, flexibility. So flexibility. Uh, if I were to give you four main stretches that you should every ultra runner should be doing: calf stretch, bicep mm-hmm. stretch, hamstring stretch. And hip flexor stretch okay those are big ones i can do those yep uh obstacle strength i mean training specifically for obstacles you just think about what's the main movement of the obstacle is it that hand over hand sled pull where you're pulling the rope hand over hand Mm -hmm. it's an upper body pull that's the type of thing you should train um Mm For monkey bars and stuff, you need a little bit of pull-up. You probably don't need the full range of pull-up motion, but you can use that on things like, I don't know if you have this, but the eight-foot box where you climb a rope part way and oh, swing
0: yeah. yeah. I don't know box. how we have it, but I have seen it, and it looks like a real harsh little man. <laughs> it's harder than it
1: looks. Yeah. Um, your deadlifts, we already talked about that. Your lunge pattern, I mean, every time you run – it's like doing a single leg squat, only you're going to do it thousands of times. Think about how many, if you've ever looked at your your Garmin on a one-mile run, how many steps do you average? I bet it's around 2,000 to 2,100 steps.
0: Mm, that'd be probably about right.
1: Okay. So what's...
0: Yeah, because I did a, a 5K this morning was about, I think, that's three miles. It was about 6,000 steps, I think.
1: Okay. So... If you do a 32-mile ultra, you're taking 67,200 steps in one race. Bitchin'. That is bitching. But if anything <laughs> is not in alignment or if anything is – you're going to get a lot of overuse injuries. That's why we had to max your mileage out prior to the race before we back it back down. That does a yeah. make sense. You need to know that your calves and quads are not going to crap out on you at mile 30. Right. right. So just something to think about. The, the math is pretty wild on these all And it, you, the map you showed me, man, that elevation at that park looks insane.
0: <laughs> it's pretty nuts. There, like, uh, I was watching – uh, I think it was Big Bear. I was watching the national championships, and I was watching it, and I was like, do you know what? That is nothing. <laughs> you want to run a race come to Bright um, because there are just like – I, there was this one section, man, it was, I swear to God, it would have been, I think this number goes up every time I tell this story, but it was about 20 minutes where we were just like steadily climbing up, 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 only to get to that nasty obstacle. Op- I think it was like a bucket carry at the top of it, but that sucked. Um, like, and there are pictures good. of me just like, like, here's the ground and here's me, <laughs> just like trying to keep my distance, just like really... It's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's hard though.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Okay. So obstacle strength, obstacle technique. So specific things about obstacle technique was that I had were listed were um, grip strength, grip endurance, Mm -hmm. Uh, footwork. uh, When I said, when I wrote footwork, I was thinking about how do I lock onto the rope? Like how do I climb the rope using my hands less? I need them a little bit. Like if I'm doing my job, my feet will do like 80% of that, the lifting on the rope line. Yep. Yep. Um rhythm. Okay, so this is one monkey bars, perfect example. Multi-rig too. Multi-rig breaks your rhythm all the time. Everyone who's done monkey bars successfully knows that you can either just alternate arms grabbing every other, yep. you know, every bar. Mm. But but those people who are not as good at it have a hard time so they might have two hands on one bar they swing back they swing forward then they reach now they've got a hand on each bar then they wait till they go back and forward again and on the forward they go for that next reach it's a slower rhythm but at least they've their body lets them know like yeah i gotta wait till i'm going forward going backward and trying to reach for bars pointless right yeah it's a waste of energy too so, just trying to figure that out, like what's going to work for you, is is that forward, wait for the forward swing. If you don't have the forward swing, then you've got to generate the forward swing. You've got to use your legs or do this type of straight arm, bent arm thing between the bars. Sure. Going. Yeah. All right. Uh, rhythm. Global core training is next on my list. Uh, what I mean by global core training is. I don't think you should bother training the abdominals in isolation. I think you should think of your core as everything from the rib cage to the knees. So including hips, including glutes, uh, muscles on the side, your lats, technically they're a back muscle, but they're also part of the core chip. So anything that can kind of help keep the spine in alignment could be considered core. Right. For that reason, Global core training is how can we integrate as many muscles as possible in this session of my body all at once? Yeah. And some of the ones that I found for that that I really like are the, uh, I'm looking at my list here, landmine anti-rotation. How can I describe this? You've got the landmine set up with the barbell. You've elevated the one end of the bar. Your arms are grabbing the collar and Mm -hmm. your arms are straight. You let your upper body rotate the bar slowly to one side, but you don't go so far that your hips start to turn. It's like you're you're engaging upper and lower body, but yet you're challenging yourself with your upper body, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I, yeah.
1: Come back to center and then try the left side. And you've got to be really good at detecting, did my hips rotate even a quarter of an inch? At yeah. that point, you stop and go back to 12 o'clock on the, you know, back to the center position, I mean. Right. Something like that yeah. keep you really, really engaged. And it gives you better body awareness. You, you have to really pay attention to what you're doing because those little movements will get away from you. But if you have no ability to keep the middle of your body stiff, you can't realistically move opposite limbs, right arm, left leg, or vice versa. It doesn't work. Right. Try doing a bear crawl. You're going to have to crawl at some point in the race. Anyway, barbed wire crawl. You can't, unless you can keep your trunk stiff, you can't do that opposite arm and leg crawl motion. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's just one way you could like exemplify it. You can feel that just do it. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. You know, so crawls. Um, I, I do like rotational movements too. So like rotating the the barbell landmine from one hip up toward my head and then down to the other hip and rotating my feet. Yeah. You've probably seen that. You've probably even done that with the battle rope.
0: Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You get
1: battle rope toss. Oh, my God. it's That's an amazing one. And that would get your heart rate up. And that would jump us back to the metabolic training list. Try that one. There you go. All right. Uh, Okay, next after global core training, runner's diet. So I don't want to tell you what you can and can't eat. That's not my job. But what I would recommend are eating more vegetable-based proteins. I'm not saying don't eat meat. Yep. But if you're going to eat meat, probably your top four should be salmon, chicken, turkey, eggs.
0: Okay. All of which I love. So we're good.
1: Yeah. Um, as far as vegetarian, vegetable food, I would say stick sticks with beans and lentils, okay. spinach, um, unless you like kale. I, I don't like kale, so spinach would be my favorite Nobody go likes too. kale. Right? Anybody
0: who says they like kale is a liar. They're a liar, right? <laughs> I know. it's I mean, Liking kale
1: is a myth. It doesn't exist. <laughs> um, and have you heard of this thing called C-Tan? It's wheat gluten that has the consistency of wheat jerky. So obviously, if someone's on a gluten-free diet, this is not for them. Yeah. But the cool part, now I have a box of it right here. It's they come in like okay. beef flavor or chicken flavor. One box is, you see, eight ounces, so roughly the size of a big hamburger patty. Yep. But it's, um, let me see, four servings per container so two so a two ounce serving is 13 grams of protein what's 13 times 4 54 maybe 52 54 my math is terrible but yeah it's 50 something i'm going to say 52 for an 8 ounce portion that's way more than you're going to find in fish salmon or beef yeah that's crazy so if <laughs> you know if this doesn't bother your your stomach or anything C tan might be a cool uh option for you to look into
0: right on okay because right now, yeah uh i do in my mornings i have uh like a like a soy like a like a tofu and a tempeh scramble right now tempeh
1: that's a that. good one tempeh is a good one
0: yeah, yeah. cool
1: and I, I like that one because you can add any sauce to it and it just like picks up the flavor
0: yeah yeah it's just beautiful it's amazing Cook
1: with. Um, also, nuts and seeds are fantastic sources of the the rare minerals, and uh, I'm talking magnesium, manganese, mm. potassium, phosphorus—the stuff you don't really think about. You might get it in a multivitamin, sure, but if you can get it from a natural source, why not? Like, have you? Do you guys have super seeds in Australia? I don't think so. I, I mean, it's, mm,
0: I don't think I've ever seen them.
1: Okay, so it's a brand of pumpkin seed. They come pre-shelled and they yeah. have all different flavors. They're a bit pricey. Like, It's only a five-ounce bag and it's about $4.50 a bag here. Okay. I think $3 a bag would be better. But cool part is if you want to experiment, you can actually make them yourself on the cheap. Um, this oh, right is on. just coated in cinnamon and sugar with a little bit of vanilla. Simple. Cool. Um, and this one happens to be uh, there's like no allergens whatsoever. There's no peanuts, tree nuts, no milk, no wheat, no egg, no soy, no fish, no shellfish. Not that there would be shellfish in there, but you never know. It's treated on like super clean equipment, so that's not even a thing. Right on.
0: And they're tasty.
1: Okay. Yeah. Sounds like it would taste like
0: Christmas morning. I'm in.
1: It's <laughs> It does. <laughs>
0: Cinnamon, sugar, and vanilla, man. I'm
1: in, man. <laughs> uh, the other two things on the food list, I just had sweet potato complex hydrate mm. brown rice sure. or wild rice are also great and avocado healthy fat
0: ah uh, yeah i have like two avocados a day man i love
1: avocados so good right <laughs> Oh, they the best all right uh fueling frequency and hydration frequency so let's talk about that there, you're gonna get all sorts of conflicting numbers on that and that's that's okay it's gonna come really come down to personal Choice, but I would recommend every twenty minutes, drink, okay, and every thirty to sixty minutes eat something. In an ultra, it's not the time to to be stingy with your food and like, oh, I'm going to diet today. I'm running an ultra. No, you (laughs) fucking eat. Excuse my language. Yeah, that's right. Did you see my the picture I sent you from my ultra with how many calories I burned in one? Yeah, that was over thirteen and a half hours of racing. I mean, I was out there. All That's I'm not fast. Believe me. Yeah. But what I'm saying is bring the food and eat the food. <laughs> like, fair enough. Keep like keeping. Yeah. You can't afford like the weakness and the hydration is even probably more important because if you lose 2% of your optimal hydration level, your performance deteriorates statistically a lot more than 2%. Hardly seems fair. Yeah. Yeah, so just drinking often, and again, that's something you can experiment with. I'm really big into, we have the Noon tablets here. Oh, yeah, 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 we've got those. Dissolving electrolyte tabs, they're flavored, but they also now come with like caffeine and B vitamins. and They have a couple different versions now. Uh, There's also one one called Zip Fizz, which is a little... I've heard of that, yep. And this one's grape flavored, and this has B12s, multivitamins, and the four main electrolytes that you would get in the the noon tablets. Right. Um, So I liked, when I did my Ultra, I did a combination. I didn't put any water in my hydration pack. I actually had coconut water with no pulp, because coconut is actually high in potassium, which is one of the main electrolytes Mm -hmm. you'd be looking for. And then I flavored it extra with just bonus electrolytes with these.
0: Okay. Right on. That's a great idea, actually. Very tasty.
1: Plus, it's sweet. Okay. You're going to want sugar. Yeah. Muscles need sugar for yes. this long. Okay. So that's healing and hydration. Then there's some things you, you might want to think about, like mantras. Get get a list of like your favorite quotes, maybe off Pinterest, and find something that just really like sticks to you. And maybe each week of training, that's the one mantra that you you recite in your head and that pushes you through the, those hard hill climbs.
0: Okay. You know,
1: that's something you're an actor. You're like, you would, you would really dig that stuff. That's why I, I dug that out.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. I do. I must admit that uh, because whenever I'm doing like a PB run or something, I'll have something in my head, but I'll be all dramatic about it. <laughs> <laughs> because it just it helps me go valjean, like
1: valjean boys
0: exactly oh dude when i posted i posted the uh, uh the story that i was going to do the spartan ultra and I, the song that i put was valjean soliloquy because you know it starts with what have i done sweet jesus What, it's do what I, I done? Done. <laughs> it's very appropriate indeed it's well chosen i
1: think <laughs> i thought so <laughs> um. Here, you want me to read you a couple of the ones that I thought were cool? Yeah, man. I've got a mega list. I'll send you a whole list if you want. And your, your people can read it too, maybe. But uh, Let's see.
0: Make a new new section in the show notes called Brad's
1: Mantra Tips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, discipline means choosing what you want most over what you want now. Ooh. Uh, the problem for most people is not that they aim too high and miss it's that they aim too low and hit see I, I
0: like that one yeah
1: and one of my all-time favorites is uh Henry Rollins quote there's no such thing as spare time no such thing as free time no such thing as downtime all you've got is lifetime go Ooh, oh I right? like that
0: Boom! I like that that's like that's mic drop
1: <laughs> that's a total mic drop Wish That's amazing, watch. right? Something like that. So, uh, and then music. I mean, I know Spartan officially doesn't want any runners having music on them, but they don't yeah. seem to mind those little portable Bluetooth speakers. Okay. Okay. Up to, I'm going to leave that totally to you and your runners whether you want to carry music with you. But if you do, figure out your playlist now and and over the next mm-hmm. two months and get some really good stuff that you know. And you just
0: are. Sure. Hold on. There we go. Sorry, it dropped out for a second. No, we're I good. We
1: <laughs> Where do we leave off?
0: Um, find some tunes that you know will
1: kick your ass into gear. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I guess we could talk a little bit about the footwear and the rig, but that's really a personal choice. So. Hmm. Just out of curiosity, what brand of shoes are you running now?
0: Uh, so I've got a pretty good shoe rotation going on at the moment. So my road shoes, I've got Brooks. Uh, okay. I've got I got my Vaporflies for my speed stuff. So for my trail running and Spartany stuff, I've got I've got two pairs of shoes, and I I feel like I'm going to go with one of these. Uh, so I've got my Salomon um, Speedcross, speed cross. and I've got the. Uh, salming uh, elements
1: how is that that look, i really like the design of that shoe i just haven't they're
0: they're very much so okay so if i compare them to the Sal the, the speed cross they're obviously the speed cross is more it's not a clunky shoe but compared to the elements it's a clunky shoe it's, it's more of a it's almost more of a stability shoe than the elements is the elements is very light it's a racing shoe. It's a, it's like a racing shoe. Um, uh, does it have a,
1: a, a zero drop heel, like the ultra?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So
1: it's it's no elevation to that heel, really?
0: Not at all. No. Um, I feel like if I were to pick one of these, like, I feel like the Elements is my sprint shoe and the Speed Cross would be my, I imagine, more of an ultra shoe just because it's such a more supported shoe i don't know okay i
1: uh, well, i'm just i'm i just pulled the trigger on a pair of ultras um because they come with a wider toe box i ran solomon speed cross for the last four or five years and i loved mm. them to death they were such a great shoe i mean not only did they last me for all of my training but they lasted me for yeah. every race i did in a year and then into the next year They were wow. like i really got my money's worth and they were super comfortable but my feet started to like spread a bit at the toe and the toe box okay. was too narrow. So it was like crushing my pinky toe and it killed. So I had to go to a different one now. Okay. But uh, I'll, I haven't tried them yet. So I'll let you know they're, they're actually in the mail now. Right on. Okay. Good so luck. one more really, really important thing is your drop bin. Yeah, I've heard things. And this is something you should have. My buddy, Derek Rosansky, who is uh, one of the racers over here, has a great YouTube video about it. In fact, I borrowed his video and I put him in my bibliography for my ultra program. Uh, But he explains it really well. (laughs) And gives you some things that you may not have thought of. seems here so his okay so his his channel i believe is called the obstacle activist okay
0: i think i know that channel actually yeah
1: Yeah. Uh, the video is actually just called spartan race ultra beast drop bin organization okay Uh, i don't need to say much about it if you want to watch that video he explains it really really well but what I wanted to just touch on is this is is probably the point you're midway through the race. You've basically completed one beast and then some, and you're about to do another. This is the point where you should really splurge a little and treat yourself to some real comfort food. Yeah. So so think high salt foods, maybe um, matzo ball soup. Mm. Chinese, uh, you know, uh, like egg drop soup or something like with wonton soup. That's what I'm thinking of. Love wonton soup. Oh, man. So high salt. You're going to need sodium anyway um, in your diet. Mm. Uh, about sweet food. So things like I had, what did I have? Gummy bears, Reese's yeah. peanut butter cups. I'm I'm already sold. Pop tarts, (laughs) (laughs) nice. Like there's no limit. Like if it makes you have, if it puts a smile on your face, it should be in that bin. I will tell you that. Okay. Right. And then just any like general protein bars. And don't forget, this is not. You're not going to eat this in the drop zone. You're going to pack your shit in the rig and get going again. You should be out in less than ten minutes. Five. Yeah. Super. But I don't know if you can even do that.
0: I've heard that's kind of been that consensus I think because I posted obviously I posted in that Spartan beast worldwide and I think a couple of people said get the hell in and out of the drop-in area
1: absolutely um, 100% true
0: because I can imagine if you're in there too long you're not going to want to
1: you get go again yeah you don't you get comfortable um, mm. you, you might so you might mostly you're probably going to refill all your food from the bin you're going to refill your hydration from the bin and you might have a change of clothes. Like you might want to swap shirts or get a different pair of shoes that doesn't have rocks in it or something like that. Yeah. It's just get your shit, swap it, get the fuck out. Literally. Fair enough. You got to keep it. Okay. I mean, plus they're not stopping the timer for you. So yep, you really want right. 10 minutes counting against you? No, you don't. Ah, I'm good. I don't want to come in last. Yeah. And you should probably refill some electrolytes at that point, maybe have a whole other thing of tablets pop mm. those into your uh your hydro bladder if, if that's what you're using right on okay and then the last thing i'm going to say is practice that drop in swap in your tra- mm-hmm. don't wait till the race just try it at least okay. once before the race so maybe plan an hour and a half hike in the woods near you leave the drop in somewhere where, or maybe it could be in your car it doesn't really matter Go back Set a timer and see if you can get in and out with everything you need and do another hour and a half hike and see how that went for you. And did you bring stuff, right? Mm. So just add up all of your food and fuel and hydration. Like if you're gonna be drinking every 20 minutes, you need to be able to get get through everything. Um, You could have things like chocolate milk in your drop bin. Yep. That you can just drink and throw out real quick, and obviously you're not going to put that in your bladder. Um, you could have. I had a, a cold brew coffee like in a in a bottle. Starbucks cold brew. Nice. Yeah. So like any anything that you normally would drink, like if you're a coffee junkie, drink something with coffee. Something that's uh, the Starbucks stuff is generally sweetened anyway, so mm. you're not going to complain. You're going to want that sugar at that point of the race
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: so that's that's pretty much all of the highlights that's that's what I could give you for highlights
0: right on man that's awesome that's a lot of info that's I think people who are wanting to do an ultra anyway are just gonna like love that information uh, I'm gonna probably listen to this episode 75 times uh, and write everything down over and over again that's
1: awesome dude okay I'll say I'll tell you what I'll do t- for you too buddy i'll I'll send you I'll turn this picture a photograph of this into a PDF so you can read it on a, your computer screen and I'll send you a PDF also of that mileage chart that I tried to photo. I think it came out small before. No, that's awesome. Thanks for that. And you can use that to plan your total weekly mileage. I love it. Cool. Look at you. Captain America. Still rocking.
0: (laughs) That's right, man, dude. I appreciate this so much. Thank you so much for this. Yeah.
1: Thanks for letting me be on your show. Um, yeah, so I will want updates. I want to know how you're doing with your training.
0: Dude, I'll let you know. You you know, as as runners, if there's one thing we do, it's that we talk about our running. We brag <laughs> about our running.
1: Hey,
0: I was going to say brag, but, you know. I knew it's a minute. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right on, man. First time, first time we've had a, a – actually, are you? Yes, you're the first guest that I've had on for a second time. Is that right? That is right.
1: Ah, I'm truly yeah. honored.
0: Look at you, you look at you. A really, really, absolute pleasure, man. Uh, can't thank you enough. Awesome,
1: dude. Really, really excited to see what uh, see what what this is. What this is for you. You know, this is a whole like big journey here.
0: I can't wait. I'm so very excited. I'm just really, I'm massively excited. I'm scared, but I'm excited. Um, not scared, just nervous, but excited.
1: You could be nervous. This is this is a big deal, but that probably yeah. means it's something worthwhile.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I always get nervous before a show, so you know, those always. Oh, kind this is another well. show. There you it's go. A lot more open <laughs> exactly. It's like the biggest dance show I've ever done.
1: <laughs> All right, dude. Very nice. Anything else All right, like man, I it? will
0: let you uh no, man, that's that's so that's so amazing. Uh, I, I'm sure I'll have questions for you along the way. And if you feel so inclined, you can answer me. At one point, I'm sure I'll ask too many. i will just tell me to shut up. That's fine, too.
1: I doubt that. But yeah, hit me up anytime, man. Be happy to help.
0: Right on, dude. Thanks so much for your time, man. I'll let you get back to, what's it, about 9 p.m. over there?
1: Uh, yep, 9 p.m. on the dot.
0: Yeah, you get up at what, like 6? You need to go to bed.
1: No, tomorrow I get to sleep in a little bit. 6.30? Yeah, about 6.30. Nice.
0: <laughs> Rock on, dude. All right, man. I will talk with you soon, and uh, thanks again, dude. You got it. Thanks, Andrew. See ya, buddy. Later. All right. Thank you again so much, Brad, for your time. That was awesome, amazing information, not just for me, but for any of you listeners who might be interested in your first Spartan Ultra or even your first Spartan race. There's so much information in there that will be helpful for you. So once again, you can find Brad at bradsimscpt.com. That's Brad Sims, spelled B-R-A-D-S-I-M-S, just one M. Uh, BradSimsCPT.com. you can also check out his instagram at coach underscore brad underscore ocr and of course you can check out his youtube just search brad sims again that's s-i-m-s just the one m and you can find a bunch of cool stuff there so a big again thanks and shout out to coach brad for all of his information on the spartan and the ultra aspect of it. So look, I hope everybody out there listening, you know, things are starting to open up again and races are starting to to take shape again. So I hope that you have the drive and the enthusiasm and the goal to do a race or some kind of something that breaks your comfort zone this year, that gets you into that competitive edge, that helps you set that goal to keep you going, to keep you motivated and to help you more on that road to your success by using those mini goals those races those events to really add to your why as to why you do this thing we call fitness we call running we call health we call mental health it's all important it's all part of the same cycle so look thank you so much for listening to this episode of the breaking the barrier podcast where zach and i hope to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. We'll catch you next time.